do 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 Welcome back to Caught Monologuing. I'm Ryan Kunzer. I'm Errol Koenig. I'm here. That's Esther. She's been here before. <laughs> yeah. She was actually on our last episode, too. Becoming a frequent guest. Yeah. Uh, but this week, we were talking about a movie that uh, just came out this past weekend. Uh, very good. Animated. Swinging its way into theaters. That's right. Yes. We're talking about Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but it's mm. a good movie. It's a really good movie. Yeah. It's... I mean, like, this episode, uh, there's a chance it might be really short because all of us are just taking turns, you know, just singing its praises, you know, just because it's such a good movie. But... Yeah. Uh, so, 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 so what were your, I guess... Going into the movie, what were you expecting? I knew it was going to be good. I didn't expect to like it as much as I do. And that's not to say that I didn't know I was going to like the movie. I did not expect to walk out of the theater going, that was probably one of the best movies I saw this year, like in the top five, easy, maybe even number Mm -hmm. one. Um, Because I saw the opening trailer. And as soon as I like saw Miles' relationship with his family and I saw how they were portraying New York, I was like, I'm here for this. I Mm -hmm. hope it's as good as like the initial part of the movie is. And it succeeded and blew my expectations away. Yeah. I think I remember almost a year ago, it was what, last January when the first trailer came out and we talked about it on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. And I remember we, you know, we talked. It, it really threw me off because mm-hmm. a it was such a wild concept to begin with, and then yeah. the art style was so different from anything. I wasn't sure I was going to be able to focus on the movie because mm-hmm. uh, I'd be too distracted by you know, the comic book style of the the animation, which turns out is one of the best parts of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, and also, also to add to that, like, because we talked about this on the podcast, I had the same, or at least a similar reaction to it. But I am, I, I realized why that was the case, because why? the big in that first trailer, the big shot was with Miles Morales running through the street, jumping off the side of a car, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the movie, it wasn't Miles; it was it was Peter Parker. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and because. My guess is they probably just switched, you know, the character. And because of that, they had to readjust, you know, the different effects. And I think they probably rushed it and it just didn't come across as good as it could have. Mm-hmm. Which is why it wasn't nearly as distracting in the theater, I think. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But yeah, I... So, again, I... I since then and since the more recent trailers like i came into it with like a similar or i I came into it feeling much better about it you know because the trailers looked really great and i was excited because john mulaney's hilarious and i was excited he was playing spider ham uh and uh i came in the movie like optimistic hopeful you know feeling good i left the movie again i just saw this a couple nights ago so i might be you know still feeling the high of seeing an amazing movie i think it's my favorite movie of the year Mm-hmm. really yeah i think so um just because i'm having a hard time thinking of what might have been better which maybe maybe not eh, but like i think so maybe just because i'm comparing it with avengers infinity war 
Black Panther, Incredibles 2. Like, this year yeah. was ridiculous. Yeah. Teen Titans go to the movies. Ridiculous. <laughs> like, but it was just, like, movies like this movie. Or, or let me say this, say this a different way. This movie, what this movie had is all the things that I want to make in a movie. As an aspiring filmmaker, this is the type of movie I want to make. Everything that it does is what I want to do. That's what I want. That The feeling that I had this movie is what I want to make for other people. Like, mm-hmm. this is, like, a perfect example of that. Was there it anything was, in particular that stood out as, like, oh, that's something that, like, you well, as a filmmaker appreciated? I mean, a little bit of everything. You know, just, like, the animation style was new and unique. It pushed the boundaries of what... Or not, not the boundaries of what, like, a comic book movie should be. Mm-hmm. Um, it... You know the the story. Here's, here's another thing I could say about it. Um, so you know how I've had a feud with Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yes, because it's yeah. really good, and it just like something was missing. And this, I, this missing. movie had it. This, this movie was it. That's what yeah. it was missing. That thing that made it go from like a really good movie that just didn't quite get me there to a movie that had me laughing crying you know just like fist pumping with excitement just throughout the whole thing like having chill it just this movie was you know really good like really good it did something writing wise that i don't usually see in movies which was Mm -hmm. it kept giving you the catharsis moment and even when it played into a more common trope both for superhero Mm -hmm. movies and for other types of films instead of just like playing into it and going like oh yes we know it's a trope but we have to do it for the story to work out it Mm -hmm. kind of panned back a little bit so you could see the other characters knowing that this was a trope Mm i.e like the moment when miles's uncle had just died and that's a very like common superhero moment where someone dies and all of a sudden they understand their powers they feel their powers better they go Mm -hmm. off the deep end in a way and in this one you can see like the camera literally panning out to everyone by the window waiting for that to be his moment and letting it not happen and letting his frustration be the audience's frustration and i feel like for a whole bunch of different like small tropes it took that and it made it a bigger thing it made it more than just oh someone has to die and that's going to be the driving force in the movie or like oh there's something that could be a slight romantic like moment let that be the driving force in the movie and instead it just let everything develop naturally with what miles needed and i feel like a lot of stories kind of focus in on like hitting those benchmarks of what they think like a movie like this should be and instead they went with what the characters needed it to be Mm -hmm. yeah i mean also it's again i'm very predictable this movie was all about family Mm mm-hmm and yeah. like like literally like every maybe not literally but almost every aspect of this movie some way or another harkens back to to family i mean like there's the whole you know miles morales with his parents and like with him going to school there's his relationship with his uncle you know the mm-hmm. the uncles and the dad's relationship then there's you know going to, to you know peter b parker you know he not wanting to have kids and you know a ruined relationship with mj and how spending time with miles helped him build that back up and Mm -hmm. 
and Fisk and Vanessa and uh, their exactly. son. Exactly, Fisk yeah. and Vanessa and their son. And even like with not, like family that's not necessarily family, family, but, you know, mm-hmm. with Gwen Stacy or Spider Woman in this movie, like her best friend, you know, died. And, you know, it's like everyone has something, I guess, family wise, even if it's not directly family, like that was so present. So there and handled in such a great way that I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I kind of have to compare this movie as like a mixture of, you know, Spider-Man Homecoming and Deadpool because this was a very self-aware movie in kind of in the way that Deadpool yeah. is, but I... does it for comedic effects, breaking the fourth wall, but... I would say maybe maybe closer, and not to get too into the Lord Miller camp, but it's I would probably say closer to either Lego Movie or the Lego Batman movie rather than Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. Just because it has a similar tongue in cheek, not fourth wall breaking, but like fourth wall referencing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. so good. Yeah. So good. <laughs> like like guys guys, it, nope. was, it was so good. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah. But. I, I do want to mention that the real star of that movie was not any of the spider people or even the spider pig. It was Aunt May. It was. She was great. Yes. I like that they gave her that kind of like mentorish like aspect. And I was a little worried when we first saw her that they were kind of going to kind of put her as like the tired old lady that just wants everything to like stop or like get better. And then they, and they made said, her a badass, which is, yeah. 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 And I think that was an amazing way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I think they, they did it with a lot of the different characters where they kind of surprised us and like turned her expectations on its head because i mean i i the doc ock reveal where the, the scientist was like yes. was like oh this is just like uh, the female scientist who's gonna you know get in way over her head and you know probably will get killed kind of like in in venom like how mm-hmm. uh, yeah how what's her face jenny slate's character got killed but it turns out wait no she's not just some weak scientist she's doc ock and is like probably the most powerful villain that spider-man went against in the movie yeah what i loved is also the kind of called us on that like when Mm -hmm. um the older spider-man looks and he first looks and pictures this old guy and then it's like actually it's this woman and he goes oh yes i have to confront my internal prejudices and you can see the moviegoers were doing the exact same thing they're like oh pretty scientist he's gonna charm her and then she's gonna be their ally in this and instead she's out to kill them all and i loved that twist Mm -hmm. that was great yeah also there was a point later in the movie where i i realized and like uh, so first of all, don't hit anyone. Let me just say that flat out. <laughs> People, okay. like, don't hit anyone. But there was a moment I realized later in the movie, I think in the, the last battle scene, where they were, you know, the two Spider-Men, I guess the main two Spider-Men were fighting Doc Ock, and, like, they were they were punching her and whatever. And I was like, oh, wait, they're, these guys are punching a woman, which is, I get, like... Again, don't punch anyone. Don't punch women. Don't punch whatever. I was like, it's kind of cool that like they're treating her just as an equally 
villainous bad guy. Like, they're not, like, holding back because she's a woman, not treating her any differently, which yeah. I kind of yeah. appreciate and, you know, I realized that, and I was kind of happy that that's how they handled it, rather than having there be like a weird moment. Like, are we allowed to punch her? And it's a little bit too. That's a little bit too, I guess, on the nose with that whole dialogue. Mm-hmm. Thought how I it was also, handled as well. I also kind of like that they did that with Gwen as well, where mm-hmm. Miles came into his own power, but he didn't come into his own power in a way that made him better than her or more successful than her, which is what I liked because a lot of times when you have, like, a male superhero and, like, a oh, yeah. female superhero or so on or a female-identifying superhero, you always see that in some ways, like, he's more special or better because it's his origin story. And I liked how they gave Miles the ability to make this story all about him. But at the same time, like, yeah, Gwen is, in fact, Spider-Man. more para- like yeah. powerful than him. And yeah. she stayed more powerful. His main, like, role piece was just that he was the only person who could do this. But that wasn't because he was he better be the than the other back. characters. Yeah. It's just because it was his world. And I love the way that they were able to balance each, like, Spider-Person having or spider ham yeah but having their own unique power in a way that didn't take away from what any of the other like spiders were able to do yeah mm-hmm. yeah no one can completely. pull out a hammer like spider ham can and yeah. no one can code like penny can do and they're each given their own spotlight in a way that made them important and unique without taking away from anyone else yeah, like they, they they had their you know one or two like scenes or moments where like you realize just how cool these characters are, even if they're like in just super small side roles, where they're just kind of following around, you know, the two Spider Man or the two Spider Men and a uh, Spider Woman. But yeah. then like, mm-hmm. you know, you know Peter Porker had his moment at the end where he like pulled out the imaginary or not the imaginary hammer, but the the cartoon hammer, the, the, the cartoon hammer, and you know, it's it just. I thought it was really great where they had their moment to shine, where these characters can become like little kids' favorites, even though they're not like big. They each got their own spot. Like I'm sure you know, uh, I for, or I guess Penny Parker is some little girl's favorite superhero after seeing this movie, and that's yeah, awesome. And no one questioned anyone's abilities other than Miles's, and they questioned his just because he was so new there was never a sense of he would never be able to do the job it was more of a this job might be bigger than you can do you've been a spider for like a day and a half kid you're doing your best but we've been doing this for years now there was no sense of them like looking at penny and going oh she's a little girl and having to do that whole i might be little but i'm fierce there's a sense of you have these powers therefore you have the respect of everybody in that group and i like that they were able to do that and willing to do that i mean the only one that kind of had to do that was spider ham for like a half a second right before his battle because they was like oh look it's a little pig and then it's like check out this hammer yeah yeah (laughs) so yeah Yeah. i also found it interesting uh since this is you know a movie about different universes coming Mm. together uh there was something that you typically see when in these kind of when you use that as a plot you know Mm. you typically will have some kind of moment or a whole plot around someone from another universe you know being confused with someone in this current universe or like both of them walking around together or something and Mm -hmm. it felt like a deliberate writing choice that there wasn't any of that Mm -hmm. no one from another universe came and like met themselves in this universe 
Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. I think that's that works. And also partially because half of them were variations of Peter Parker's. You know. Yeah. And the the one that was there was, you know, pick the bucket. And you can but. assume that the Gwen from this universe probably also died because of the age difference between Peter Parker and Miles and Gwen. Yeah. Because she is only a couple months older than Miles is. And in mm-hmm. this universe, Peter Parker is 26. So there is no Gwen to run into, like, younger Gwen. Yeah, or if Gwen is there, it's just o- older Gwen who just never really interacted with Spider-Man and just isn't a part of the story. Mm-hmm. So. But. Well, so, so uh, what were some of you guys' favorite moments from this movie? I mean, so many. Yeah, if you had to pick just I, like one or two that were like, you're you're you walked out of the theater like that was you know great. I really liked the opening scene with Miles and his family, and then him mm-hmm. entering the school. And I'm very biased about this because I'm from New York City. Mm-hmm. But as I was telling Ryan, like immediately after the movie, like there's a lot of movies that try to do like the New York atmosphere and like Spider-Man Homecoming, like got very close to it. Like there's Mm -hmm. a lot of things about being in New York and a New Yorker that people just assume are Manhattan things and that Manhattan things are what New York is. And I really liked the way they really captured the city and how it feels to be a specialized high school kid in a borough and that separation as someone who like went to a like a specialized high school and there's a difference between the people that i grew up with in my neighborhood and the people that i went to so-called smart school with and they even Mm -hmm. called it smart school where i grew up grew up like seeing that with miles and that brought to life even in that like short moment kind of gives you that sense of his feeling removed from his community from his family and from his life and that's part of the reason why even becoming a spider person becomes so hard for him because not only is he removed from his family and his like community and being like the smart kid on the block and things like that Mm -hmm. he's also now even further a step removed where he can't even like relate to the people at this school because now he's a spider Mm -hmm. yeah right I don't know. There were so many moments where I just laughed very hard. And, of course, now I can't remember any of them in particular. Uh, but I, don't know, there, I did appreciate a lot of the, like, self-referential jokes of, like, you know, like, the very intro when Peter Parker is, like, describing, you know, how he saved mm-hmm. the day a whole bunch of times. Yeah. And, like, they have him doing the dance from Spider-Man 3. Uh, that was great. Like that. that was so good. Yeah. Or in the credits, uh, they had uh, the Spider-Man uh, sitting in front of a picture of Spider-Man meme there. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, of course, the end credits scene as well. You know, I, I always appreciate a good self-reference. I also not to step on your toes but i also really really liked the way each character got their chance to like re-begin like wait let's go back to the beginning this is how i became who i am because it both like really gave a good sense of the characters that you were about to meet without having to go super super in depth because they're able to speed it up once you've seen this like start 
three different times. Mm-hmm. It was also genuinely really funny. Like I remember like laughing until I almost cried about when the older Peter Parker was like, and I was doing my ab workouts and you just see him eating an entire pizza. And like being able to mm-hmm. do those kind of dichotomy moments adds so much to the film without dedicating a huge amount of time to it. Yeah, and it never felt like it got like slow, boring, or repetitive, even though it was repetitive. It was ridiculously repetitive, but it still worked. Yeah, really well. Yeah, it was a good framing device. You know that, and having like the Spider-Man comics existing inside of the universe. Mm-hmm. You know, so that. You know, as Miles, you know, looks at them and tries to copy them and stuff, but then also having it be this direct way to address the audience, it was very good. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved his inability to copy, like, the walking down the building for the first time. And I feel like that was a great moment where we get to see him being very young, where he starts with the really big building and then he starts with the even smaller building and it's mm-hmm. still not quite right because yeah. he's not able to match someone else's like story. He's in his own origin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That was good. That was real good. Yeah. What was your favorite? Okay. Well, I'm going to also transition to, I guess, the next part with this too. Um, in the next part, we're going to talk about like what we disliked in this movie and there's uh-huh. one part of this movie that made me really mad like like really mad at you know uh-huh. the you know the lord miller mm-hmm. the directors of this film and that was the stanley cameo like oh. real the reason why i'm mad is because uh-huh. the setup to it was all like it was already an emotional scene because this was it happened right after so peter had just died like the real peter parker had just died and, yeah. you know, Miles was dealing with, you know, I could have saved him, but I didn't. And it was just a really sad moving scene. And we got this one shot, which I thought is just, it was such a moving, powerful shot of just everyone around New York reacting to the fact that Spider-Man's not there anymore. And just, they just get sad and then also terrified at the same time. I thought that was yeah. just so, so well done. And then... They hit us with the Stan Lee cameo. Yeah. And I, I, I am getting a little... I'm getting emotional now talking about it. And it's... It, like, like they already, like, had me ready to go. And they just punched me in the face with that. I, like, I think the level of crying I was doing at that one part, just because I was not expecting it, was, like, Toy Story 3 level. Like, I was... Like, I had to catch my breath. It was... It got me good. It got me real yeah. good. It was just so. It was just so perfectly done and placed there that it was. It, it's just like it was. It was mean of them. Frankly, it was mean for for them to make me feel that much <laughs> at that time that they included that one Stanley cameo at just the perfect moment that would just ruin me. So that's why I'm mad. But also, it was just. I'm getting emotional now. Like. I'm not crying, but I, I'm getting like really close, the closest I've ever come <laughs> on a podcast. So it's like, yeah, it was yeah. That was that's the moment that just for, really for, stood out for me. Yeah. It, it stood out just because of like I, I was like on the edge of my seat, like I had to look away, like had to catch my. I was oh my god, it it got me good, got me real good. <laughs> Yeah, I had the same thing, but in reverse. Mm-hmm. It started with the Stanley cameo, and then went into Blonde Peter Parker's funeral. 
where MJ gave well, the, well, the yeah, speech so, and the whole crowd is wearing the Spider-Man mask. It was masks. the crowd with the mask that got me. As soon as I saw, like, Miles blending in yeah. just because everyone was Spider-Man, I was like, all right, I'm I'm out. I'm done. But, I can't but, do but this. I, I think even to add, at least for me, not, not that this is a competition, but I was already there. And then that <laughs> happened on top of it, too. It just... Mm-hmm. <sighs> so good. Yeah. And I had, so like... Good the balls to kill off like a Peter Parker that early in the movie right when you see Miles connect with him and I feel like even though we kind of knew it was going to happen and all the spiders were coming in I still think it was a great way to start this movie in the sense that like characters do die and can die and will die and that always adds in like a sense of urgency yeah it, it makes, you know, whatever they do, even if there's like a bunch of different, you know, different Spider-Man and you can just bring back different Spider-Man or, you know, kind of like how, you know, Wilson Fisk's family, like he, he could bring back his family just from different dimensions, even though that's an option. The fact that like, the same. they're all different versions of the same people, that they, they all have different lives and each of their deaths are equally as impactful Yeah. Uh, to the point where it's, you know everything matters like these guys have to get home to their universes so they can be with their families and their you know people so Mm -hmm. and it also adds to the scene where miles and his uncle are fighting and um they realize like each other's identities because you know in that moment that probably one of the two of them is going to die and it's going to be permanent like there was no hesitancy in my mind when his uncle Aaron was shot that like it's over there's no saving him we've already seen a Peter Parker go down and I think that just means that that scene gut punches you that much harder that much faster because there's no moment of well his dad's gonna show up and everything's gonna be fine and we'll save them like we we're going into a universe where we know people die and they don't come back yeah those are some of my favorite moments in any movie or tv show or whatever where you get the reaction shot Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I mentioned it with, like, all the people after they heard the news of, you know, Peter Parker. But even with the uncle, after Miles pulls off his mask and we just see him realize, like, oh, shit, this is, this is my nephew. I, I love uh-huh. him more than whatever cause I'm fighting for. So he, so he stops. And then he gets shot because he stopped. It just... Mm -hmm. and the moment where you see the dad see like his brother's body and you know in that moment also that his dad knew exactly exactly that his brother was a super villain and you know that that's not something that he was just like it wasn't a revelation for him he knew as soon as i think he saw the costume exactly what had happened Mm -hmm. yeah well i part of me think i mean not to nitpick on the interpretations of the scene i think he just saw oh my brother is dead. I see Spider-Man up there. He killed my brother. And I think that that was, I guess, I guess keeping with the dislike thing that we were talking about. I don't even dislike it. I think he just didn't... He turned easily at the end once he saw Spider-Man, you know, fighting Fisk and saving the world. Um, yeah. So, yeah. It, so maybe that could have been played out more, but also it didn't need to. There's nothing I would change about this movie. I, um, I, think I, I don't think I'm very glad but, that they didn't 
Because yeah. I feel like if they'd done yeah. and, like, left it out of, like, him hating Spider-Man, it falls into another kind of gross trope of, like, I have to hide who I am from my family because they'll never accept me because of this thing. And I think the yeah. dad's ability to admit that, you know, I reacted really badly at the outset. Yeah, I mean, there's still... Thing. The, I mean, I think Miles still has his hidden identity from his parents. And I think also hoping that we get the scene in... Uh, in into the spider-verse because we didn't get it in homecoming where the parents realize who he is and they have to deal with that i would say that i think the dad has a guess by the way spider was written and uh, the font that a lot of people use to tag in i think there was a bit of a moment there between the size and the i love you and the fact that the phone call cut off i would say the dad probably guesses and i want to see that moment of like over the next movie the dad being like i'm pretty sure but what if i'm wrong like how do you talk to your kid about being a possible spider-man like the puberty talk only more complicated I mean, yeah. that, 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 that would be uh, that would be an acceptable substitute for, you know, that one part I'm talking about. This is my favorite moment of the Spider-Man comics, or one of my favorite, you know, issues of the Spider-Man comics, when Aunt May is in therapy, just talking about how she just realized that, you know, Peter is Spider-Man, and she's just dealing with all that, all of the emotions of that, and that's what I want to, I, I want to see that, and we're not getting that in Homecoming or uh or in i guess the spider-man in the mcu just because at least i think they just threw it in at the end for that little gag and my guess is they might have something about it in in infinity war but and maybe far from home too but i think i don't know I, i i didn't get that and i think i'm just hopeful that it we that door is still open for the spider verse Franchise. I really want that conversation between Miles's parents because we know they have a very strong relationship. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I'd that, love to see them come to terms with it separately and together. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. touched on this a second ago, but since this is our fourth Spider-Man and third Spider-Man origin story in the past 16 years. I have more uh, than that. There was multiple in this movie. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But how, how do you think this stacks up uh, against the other spider-man movies but um i i mean also again not even biased this is my favorite spider-man movie Mm -hmm. um and i i don't think it's close and that's not saying anything bad about the other ones because i i've said that you know homecoming was my favorite spider-man movie before this one but this I think the reason why this worked and the reason I think the reason why this worked and why Homecoming worked is because with the origin stories they didn't really give it to us like you know the traditional Spider-Man origin stories it's not the same one that we got with Andrew Garfield and uh, Mm -hmm. Tobey Maguire Tobey Maguire why am I forgetting his name doesn't matter Um, but I think because they did it in a different new way that was I mean in, in, in Homecoming it was they just skipped over the origin story. He was already Spider-Man. Yeah. And in in uh, the Spider-Verse they didn't skip over it. They in fact told it you know six, seven times. <laughs> um, but they yeah. did it in a way that 
felt fresh and new and was different and you know good Mm -hmm. i think they were more willing to poke fun at it than the earlier movies were because the other ones took it very seriously like uncle ben dies it's the worst thing in the world like we have to have all of these emotions right at it and in this one they were fully able to say my uncle ben died my uncle benjamin died and like their ability to poke fun at how similar these origin stories are but how different and how impactful each are for the character is what makes it so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just want to mention that the voice acting in this was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Across the board. Yes. Nicolas Cage as noir Spider-Man, I think, is my favorite. Sorry, John Mulaney. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I, I... Going into it, I was expecting John Mulaney to be my favorite. Um, yeah. But... That's just because I love him, and I thought his spots in the trailers were just really funny, and I thought that would be amplified throughout the movie, and I think it was a little bit, but I just thought what Jake Johnson and uh, Shamik Moore brought to their Spider-Man, and also even Haley Steinfeld, who, by the way, is going to have an excellent two weeks following up, Mm -hmm. if Bumblebee stays at the same level. (laughs) <laughs> back-to-back weeks with like high 90s movies yeah 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 oh i freaking knew it mahershala ali played uncle aaron and i knew it and i didn't mm-hmm. connect the yeah. dots totally but he's awesome and great and was really good as uncle aaron brian tyree henry as the dad was awesome he's great lily tomlin was like i'm gonna just i'm reading down the voice cast stop me if this <laughs> doesn't get interesting because everyone's so good lily tomlin and may um, uh, Luna Lauren uh, Belez is Rio Morales, his mom. Zoe Kravis was Mary Jane. What? I, I did... know, right? <laughs> yeah. Miko Green as Penny Parker was awesome. Uh, Nicholas Cage, as we talked about, as Noir. Catherine Hahn as Doc Ock. Liev Schreiber as Wilson Fisk. Oh, I, why did I not realize that? Chris Pine as like the Morales is the original, the original Peter Parker. Yeah, <laughs> like. Right? Talk like, about, I, like, just... The star-studded cast, yeah. first of all. I, but I also, everyone going. brought it for this movie as well. Like, sometimes when you hear, like, a famous person do, like, a voice role, it kind of takes yeah. you out of it a little bit because you're like, oh, yeah, I know this voice. Like, it's Avril Lavigne's voice doing this movie or something like that. And I got that a little bit for John Mulaney, but for the most part, like... I would recognize a voice and be like, oh, it's kind of this person, but not really, because they really <laughs> feel like the character that they are, and I'm so into the movie, it just yeah. didn't take me out of it. I mean, like, and I was just going down that list. I didn't even get to Oscar Isaac, who's in this movie, and it's like, Post yeah. Malone? Yeah. He, he was a no, Brooklyn right. bystander. Like, I'm just, it's ridiculous. And also, again, I'm not, I, this, I have not mentioned Stan Lee, who I think it's the best cameo that I mean, I, I have to watch it again because I don't think I actually heard any of the words. I was crying too much. But <laughs> <laughs> it, w- it was a very good cameo. And the quote they had from him at the end was also uh, 100%. very well done. 100%. So good. So good. In terms of the movies that could come out like after his passing, I'm glad it was this that was the first one and did the first tribute because I mm-hmm. feel like it did it in a better way than any of the other Marvel movies that are like to come could do. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm trying to figure out who did the voice for um, Spider-Man 2099. Oh, for... Yeah. Which, that's another... They didn't really get that much of a role, but... I am interested I mean, in seeing who they got for that. I think he stole the show, to be honest. <laughs> but it was a, a, a great scene. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, the, the reason why I'm, I'm, you know, I'm curious is just because looking down the list of the voice cast, like Miles Morales, you know, played by, you know, a black character played by a, a black actor. Um, same for, you know, P- Penny Parker, uh, played by an Asian act- actress. Nicholas Cage was playing Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. Yeah, yeah. So it's and like I, I don't know. Like across the board, the the cast is like really diverse, just like the movie is, and it fits. And the only looking down the list, the only place where it's flipped is Zoe Kravitz, um, playing you know playing a, a white girl. That's the only difference. Yes. Yeah. And I'm, I'm I'm not mad at that. She did a great job. I will also point out John Mulaney, not a pig. Fair. He is a very lovely human being. Mm-hmm. So I've heard. So I've heard. Yeah. Okay. Well, we were we were supposed to talk about what we disliked. When oh, we yeah. Started down this path, um, guys. Do you have anything in this movie that you didn't like? I my my only complaint about this movie is that I think that the the three other Spider People, so. Penny and uh, Spider Ham mm-hmm. and uh, Spider Noir uh, didn't really. I feel like we didn't get to see a whole lot of them, and yeah. I think if we had seen more of them, it would have come at the detriment of the main storyline. So, yeah. you know, if you have to make a choice, that's the correct choice. But I, it still left left me wanting more from from them. Yeah, I mean, I think out of those. Out of those three, only one of them really had, I guess, an emotional moment. Like, rather than just, yeah. like, a fighting cool action scene, Penny had the one scene where the robot died and she had, took out the spider. And, like, that was a really sad moment. Was like, like, even though the spider's still there, it's, you know, you could, you could still, you got the reaction shot that, you know, I keep talking about, where she, like, yeah. you could tell, like, oh, this is, this meant a lot, and now she has to you know rebuild this robot that she's put so much time and effort into but also she has an emotional connection to she's rebuilding a friend even if the spider stays the same the relationship might be slightly different exactly i will say that was the that that was also the only moment where i felt the movie was asking for more of an emotional response than it had earned because like they mentioned that like it's her father's robot uh and I think her father was the one who mm. died, and it was like her only connection to him. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I think, you know, if that that was supposed to be much more emotional than I think they had been able to really do. I honestly, I, I, I didn't even connect it. I don't think it was supposed to be like ridiculously emotional. I think if you picked up on it uh, and like allowed it to be an emotional scene, then great. But otherwise, it could have just been like a, you know. If you didn't pick up on the reaction shot, I was like, oh, the robot's dead, but the spider's still good, so whatever, we can move on with the movie. Um, unless you picked up on it, and, you know, if you're like me, I was like, cool, more more, more emotions. Mm-hmm. I so. kind of liked it in a way, because there, 
as much as like everything was Miles's origin story and everything was shaped to allow it to be his mm-hmm. sole origin story, even with all the other characters around, I like that it showed in a background that these characters are still going through some of the hardest moments of their lives. And they and have this is an amazing you know, origin. So how they have their own personalities and they have their own, you know, even if it's and it not- allowed him to be a little self centered, which I liked because you get to see him as like a teenager whose focus is on himself, as all of these terrible things are somewhat happening to the people around him, and he's learning and he's growing, and they're learning and they're growing, and it's separate. And I liked yeah. that. Yeah. Well, Esther, what did you not like? So I know that you guys are both going to disagree with me I on do. this one. I do disagree. Yeah. What are you going to talk but- about? So I wish that there the action sequences in terms of like how fast the like screen was changing. There's a word for it and I'm forgetting it. Like the the frames, like how the, quickly the they were going from like shot to shot. I wish it was slowed down a little bit because the colors Sorry. were so bright that sometimes I would lose like track of like where characters were moving and what they were doing. And it really only affected me during the climactic fight scene because the art was so crazy and out of control that yeah. occasionally I was losing track of where the characters were and that would be my only main complaint but i have that with a lot of american movies and action sequences so it's not a movie specific thing yeah i i mean my rebuttal to that like you're that's a perfectly acceptable complaint with the movie i think the cutting and all the background colors and whatever i agree that it was a little bit distracting and chaotic and all that stuff but I think that's kind of what, what that's what they were going for, and I think that's what, at least that's what I wanted out of the scene. I wanted to like have to find where everything is because these characters they don't know where you know Wilson Fisk is, but oh wait he's over there mm-hmm. on that floating bus. You know, like everything's moving and changing where it is, and like you, you have to you have to follow. Like you you kind of feel like you're more one with the characters that are going through a similar thing. Which that's my rebuttal. I get what you're saying, and you know you you probably are right. Um, I mean, what I what I was looking for more than that is like a very frame by frame. So this kind of ties into another thing that we don't have to talk about now, but that Jackie Chan actually did like a piece on and how in American movies, like usually when someone is punched, like you see the fist coming and you might see the moment of connection, but there's no movement where you see their face move slightly or that like after bit of reaction shot. And that's what I tend to miss a lot of in American movies is you see like Mm -hmm. the punch lead up and you see like the moment of connection and then all of a sudden the characters are somewhere else or it pans to the next amazing punch moment. And during a lot of the movie what I liked in the fight scenes was you got to see a lot of those reaction shots and I found them somewhat missing in that last big fight scene because things were so crazy and it's more that last frame was I wanted that extra second of seeing the head snap back or like the slight movement to allow my brain to catch up to like what was going on but it, it's a me problem more than a movie problem I don't know if that's, if that's a you problem I, I get where you're coming from it's it's not a problem that I have with it, but I do understand where that complaint is coming from. I understand, you know, I'm sure you're not the only one that thinks the same way about that. Yeah. I, I ended up hating the Doctor Strange fight scenes because I just left them confused. So yeah. that is a me problem I will have in yeah. most movies. And and I, I, I felt the same way with Doctor Strange. It's supposed to be confusing and like magic going everywhere. You're not supposed to follow it completely. But then, you know, you eventually do catch up and... Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But it's... Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, we have this 
brand new Spider-Verse and yes. this cool new art style. Do we think we get a sequel? Does this yeah. get tied in with anything else? And they set it up so there could be. Yeah, they set it up with the 2099 with the, I guess, the dimension traveling. Uh, and also thing. Gwen calling. Yeah. 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 So, like, there's a bunch of different, like, there's no reason why there wouldn't be a sequel. It's doing well critically. It's doing well for the, with the fans. It's making money. I mean, my my main thought that maybe it doesn't is that this felt like a kind of, like, somebody's pet project that grew into something amazing. Uh, and that when they were writing it, or when it was really conceived that they they wanted to have this one-off thing that they could do as their project and that this wasn't this wasn't an iron man that was supposed to launch a full like 10 year you know i mean i don't know if this is launching a full a full like you know universe um or a full you know multiverse multiverse Yeah. yeah but i think it's at least launching you know the spider verse you know trilogy maybe mm. you know i feel like i'd be <sighs> happy with them doing like what incredibles 2 did bless you where they let the story kind of build itself and they don't rush it like i don't want to see a second movie yeah. for this coming out in like a year i'd be happy waiting five years if we get something that is the same quality as this i would rather have quality over quantity for this like verse mm-hmm. yeah I, I agree i mean i I, I don't think that this was like a pet project. The reason why I say that uh, is because, you know, it was Lord and Miller with Sony, you know, doing it. And mm-hmm. like they, Sony brought them on to develop the project. My guess is Sony wanted to do a Spider-Man thing. Not that they don't have Spider-Man, you know, the franchise anymore. So yeah, that's, that's my guess. Um, there's uh, enough openings for later films that I don't think it was meant where we'll see another film and feel like it's tacked on. Yeah, I agree. And I'm, I'm, also, I'm pretty sure they have sequels planned. Oh, wait, I'm, I'm Internet. Thank you, Internet. Uh, Spider-Man uh-huh. Into the Spider-Verse sequel spinoff details confirmed. Ooh. So there nice. you go. Uh, I really it, want a buddy movie between him and Gwen. I really do. Yeah, that'd be great. I like Gwen a lot. She was Haley Steinfeld's really good at at, at at acting stuff. I like her. Yeah, I'm yeah. excited. Like after seeing this movie, and also the Rotten Tomatoes score doesn't hurt, but I'm like excited to see Bumblebee. Yeah, you know, and I, I, I I'm pretty sure I said this on a previous podcast, but I don't know if I actually did. But I remember saying good things about Haley Steinfeld. In regards to Bumblebee. So I'm going to take that yeah. as I predicted that this would be a good movie. <laughs> I don't know if I necessarily did, but I'm going to take credit anyway. So, Yeah. If I remember correctly, I think I was more bullish on uh, Bumblebee, Bumblebee being good than you were. You probably are right, but I'm going to take credit anyway. <laughs> I distinctly remember sitting next to Ryan in the theater, and as Bumblebee was happening, he just kept like bumping my arm going like babe 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 bumblebee so mm-hmm. okay well ryan ryan i will share some of the credit with you like a 60 40 okay we good Wh- which one of us is the 60 me 
Uh... Well, all right, so let's actually talk about the... Let's get off the subject so I can keep my 60%. Um, so the uh, uh-huh. spinoffs that they're talking about, there's the sequel, yeah. of course, and the spinoff that has been announced is a spinoff involving three female web slingers. I'm so down for that. Yeah. So that, I mean, I, I think if this movie wasn't as good as it was, I would potentially predict that that would become my favorite Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. Just because, I don't know, I have a history of whenever I read comics. Like, my favorite comics are usually the more childish, more maybe more, more female-centric comics. Like, my favorite, you know, Miss Marvel with Kamala Khan, amazing mm-hmm. Squirrel Girl, Moon Girl, and Devil Dinosaur, all about, like, teenage or college-age female superheroes. That's, like, my speed. So I'm really excited mm-hmm. about this movie because it might might live in that world. But this movie was too good, so maybe maybe not. Also, this movie yeah, had, be hard had, to had cool this. sneakers. I don't think that movie will have as cool sneakers. You never know. This one you do never a know. soundtrack, too. Yeah, the soundtrack for this one was amazing. Sure, the soundtrack was great. Sneakers were, were also great. I'm going to buy them at some point. At <laughs> some point in my life, I will buy the Chicago, or the Air Jordan uh, Retro 1 uh, High Chicago's, which that's the mm-hmm. name. That's the name of the shoes that Miles was wearing, not the uh, commonly thought uh, origin story shoes that Nike just released. In conjunction with the movie, and Errol and Ryan totally aren't getting paid for talking about shoes. No, we're not. No, but like, but like, seriously though, N- Nike, if you do listen to this, like, I'm dead serious. If if you want us to like talk, like hype you up even more, just let us know. You don't have to pay us. Just maybe give us a couple sneakers. I'd I'd be on board with that. I'm sure Ryan would be cool with with me having all of the sneakers too. And I would uh, like some payment, even if Errol doesn't. I will. I will pay Ryan. I will pay Ryan for his shoes. You know what? That's what we're gonna do. Uh, Nike. Okay. Hit me up. Check out our uh, our, our our Facebook page or our, our Twitter page. Caught monologuing. Uh, for or all that stuff. At but caught caught podcasting at gmail dot com. Caught podcast caught podcasting at gmail. Hit us up there. Um, Nike. Like seriously though. I'm not kidding. Please, please do this. Please. 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 Errol's trying to sell his soul. I am looking forward, Errol, to when you eventually get uh, a hat that just has the Miles Morales spray-painted Spider-Man logo on the front. Because that's going to look good. It's an amazing logo. Okay, so if we weren't podcasting (laughs) right now, I would run into my room and grab that hat, which I already bought because... Nice. Because of course, I'm not even surprised by this. Yeah, the one thing that also shouldn't be surprising. I need to get another one because I didn't realize when I bought it at the time. It's it's a kid's hat, so it doesn't <laughs> fit necessarily. So I need uh-huh. to get one that does fit. But I'm very happy Harold, I have that at least as a. Stanley taught me one thing, and it's that the hat will always fit eventually, and that you're not allowed to return things ever under any condition. Mm-hmm. This movie's so good, like so good. It's so good. It's so good. I, I mean, I might be in my post really good movie hype session where I can't view any movie being nearly as good as this one was. But this is the only movie I think this year that I've 
had such a strong reaction to. I would say the only other movie that I've walked out like feeling this amazed by everything was Black Panther. Like I remember leaving Black Panther with the same feeling as I left like into the Spider-Verse with. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I left Black Panther feeling like, oh, this is a really great movie. I left this movie like just I need to see this a million more times. And like mm-hmm. I, yeah. I I want to live in this in this world and there's very few i mean there's not actually there's a lot of movies where i kind of feel that way about it but with this level of excitement like i it was a a couple years ago when ant-man came out i don't know if this is the best example because this is a better movie than ant-man but i remember leaving the theater at like i don't know 11 30 or whatever calling my sister and ranting for like a half an hour about how good of a movie it was and (laughs) and even though like my hype for that movie has faded over time and this movie is definitely a, a better movie. I can say that pretty, pretty firmly. Again, yeah. no, yeah. no, no shots to Ant Man. That's one of my favorite movies. But I think it was like this movie, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, you know, you could throw in probably a couple Pixar movies there too. Like it's like mm-hmm. this level is like up there. Star Wars yeah, Episode they're... Seven. Yeah. There are very few movies that I'd be willing to like see in theaters more than once, and this is on that list. And I'm not someone who likes movie theaters very much. Yeah, yeah. I came out of this movie definitely wanting to like shout from the rooftops about how great it was, and yeah. then I remember that I have a podcast, and I don't need to shout. I just need to talk into the microphone. It's a very good point. A very you good could point shout into the microphone. No, because Please I respect my my microphone and my poor poor co-host who has to edit. Yeah, thank you, Ryan. I appreciate that. I do. <laughs> I do. Um, I had something else that I wanted to say, but I forgot about it. Uh, it so... was going to be that I get sixty percent of the credit. And oh you no, get that forty percent. Actually, good point. I actually meant to change that to seventy thirty for me, uh, for one reason, um, and that's because Bumblebee is yellow, and yellow <laughs> means that I get get more. Now that doesn't make sense. Unless you no. don't think about it. So, just... Okay? Mm, no. <laughs> I'm not sure your math works out there. No, I, 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 I went to Johns Hopkins University, and I took many a statistics course. I'm pretty sure I know how math works. If Did you pass you the should... statistics course is the question. <laughs> the second time... <laughs> If Nike sends you shoes, you can take 100% of the credit for getting Nike shoes. If Nike sends us shoes, yes. I'll I'll take all the shoes there. And then I'll, I'll Ryan, I'll, I'll give you like five bucks. Fair. I'll, I'll Venmo you. It'll, it'll work out. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Cool. Do we have any, any last thoughts about this movie that isn't just repeating what we've been saying for the past hour? over and over again if you haven't seen it and have listened to all of these spoilers you really have no excuse not to go out and then see this movie yeah 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 if you've listened to this and you haven't seen the, this movie I, I i sincerely feel sorry for you like sincerely you have missed out on the opportunity of seeing a really great movie so i'm sorry that you did not or at least w- with fresh eyes and I, i'm sorry that you did not get that experience that would make this movie as great as it could be so mm-hmm. sucks for you we're awesome we got to see it the right way 
And yeah. Yeah. Oh, also, this is totally a movie that's worth seeing in 3D. Yes. Okay, good. That was oh, so, one of the things, so, so you did see it in 3D. That's what I was going to ask. If you guys saw it in we 3D. We saw it in 2D. Okay, we well, saw it 2D. the reason why I was going to ask is because what I'm going to go back and watch it again. Um, I just saw it in, at, in 2D regular size, whatever, just because that's when it was playing. And yeah. I had time yeah. to see it. So I'm going to go back and see it in IMAX 3D. Cause Honestly, I feel like what might have bothered me in the fights also would be fixed in the 3D because you'd have more space to see things happening. That would be a little less cramped. That is an, so that's an interesting, interesting question. Yeah, because normally with 3D, it makes things more convoluted. Maybe with all the stuff going on, that might actually help. So you know what? I will watch it and let you know, unless you want to watch it too, which again, please do. Listeners, watch this movie. Even if you've already seen it, watch it again. It was so good. So good. If you Don't haven't seen it, it 3D, watch it 3D. If you haven't seen it 2D, go watch it in 2D. IMAX. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's playing 40X somewhere. So yeah. Yeah. check that out. I don't know. If you really don't like, you know, 4, 3, or 2, I'm sure the comic is out there somewhere, and 1D is for you. Mm-hmm. Do that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's All wrap right. it up. Cool. We have a Facebook and, and a Twitter yep, and a, a, sound, a SoundCloud. Yes, follow yeah. us, subscribe, listen, download, subscribe. I said that. Uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So check all of our stuff out there. Twitter, Facebook, like, follow, um, all that. All that good stuff. And, yeah. Cool. Thanks for listening, guys. See this movie. Yeah. 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 Bye. Bye.